Hey, Sam, this relative Sam. Uh, welcome to the Children of the Setting Suns Friends and Relatives podcast. Today we're here getting a field report from uh, Mr. John Carroll, who uh, traveled to Alert Bay to check in with uh, Chief Ernest Alfred and his fight to remove fish pens from their homeland up there in Alert Bay and along with the chiefs of uh, that territory uh, occupied a fish pen there. Recently, they've been asked to vacate the premises. Uh, they were, uh, were going to be evicted from their occupation. But I think uh, the chief and others had something else to say about that and took action. So, John, take us through the, what's going on there and uh, how that's going to serve our purpose of uh, um, talking about and forming a story on the epic journey of the Sakai and how our film is actually going to help that effort. Yeah, so um, I got the word to get up there as soon as I could on, I think it was Monday, the April 30th, and they the response or the eviction notice um, that they had gotten was dated for the 6th, which was Sunday. Um, and so I packed up everything I could as quickly as I could and left Wednesday night after, uh, after I got out of classes and drove all the way up to Swanson Island, which is on the north, um, northeast end of Vancouver Island, uh, where the Namklis, I'm hoping I say that right, um, the hereditary chief, Ernest Alfred, is occupying just beside a fish farm, overlooking the fish farm in order to monitor their, um, their operations and um, show them that they're standing up and they're saying no to fish farms and their waters. The fish farms have been there, I believe, for about 30 years and they've been um, trying to get the fish farms out for quite a long time, um, but nothing, nothing like this nothing quite like this. Um, they're working a lot harder to see these fish farms go. So on the 6th, there was uh, a letter that they received a few weeks ago um, of an eviction notice that Marine Harvest, the owners of the fish farm, sent to Ernest Alfred of the occupation. And they were supposed to leave the premises um, by the 6th or they would be evicted. Ernest Alfred's the hereditary chief of the First Nations that um, own these territories, um, are of these territories. And so they sent a good, a good reminder back to Marine Harvest and a response to that letter, basically saying that they were appalled that Marine Harvest had the audacity to, to hand them this eviction notice, that they had no right to evict a hereditary chief off of his own territory um, on grounds that they had never consented for marine harvest to be on or any other industry to um, operate on. Uh, we ended up floating multiple boats around the fish farm, singing and chanting um, and presenting the response via the radio on the channel that all the fish farms use for communication. This letter is dated 
May the 1st to Mr. Jeremy Dunn, Public, Director of Public Affairs, Marine Harvest Canada, Inc. Dear Sir, we are responding to a letter dated April 25, 2018, which was presented to those who are occupying Swanson Island. We are the hereditary and traditional chiefs of the Mamalilakala, the Namkis, First Nation. We cannot believe you had the audacity to write such a letter. We'd like to remind you that at no time did we give you the authority to make such demands regarding our traditional lands and territories. In fact, there was no consent given to you to be in our territory to begin with. You have been served several eviction notices yourselves. Marine Harvest has its obligations to fulfill, as do we to our people. We are telling you to step back and let us worry about the health and safety of our own people. Unlike others, we care and provide for our membership. We do not take them for granted. Rather, we hold them up. In closing, please address any and all concerns to us. Thank you. Signed, the hereditary chiefs of the Mamalilukala and Namkis First Nations. And then we, the hereditary chiefs, um, got onto the fish farm to hand, hand give them this letter um, or this response. And they knocked on the door and we knew that, that the fish farm workers were there and that the main head person was there, but they were hiding. They were hiding in the beach house. Well, obviously, these weren't friendly Indians, you know, so... <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. yeah. These, uh, these peaceful <laughs> Indians that, uh, <laughs> yeah. that uh, gave them notice that they were coming. Mm -hmm. um, and they've never had any um, aggressive clashing in the past, so there was nothing that Marine Harvest could have possibly stated as um, proof that this mm -hmm. was going to be in any way harmful to them. Mm -hmm. Um, but we, they knocked on the door, um, and then, uh, waited and knocked again. And then we decided to get some duct tape out of the boat and we took the letter and pulled some duct tape off and taped it to their sliding glass window, um, their sliding glass door. And then, uh, the chiefs all stood in a line for me and gave this, uh, gave this speech granting um, permission to Ernest Alfred to um, hold this land and to take care of it and to protect their waters from these fish farms. And uh, I was there for the whole thing and was a witness and it was a real honor to be there. So this leads to other things that they might do, which is there are permits that are becoming due mm -hmm. for renewal. Mm -hmm. like in June. June what's, what's the date and what's the strategy for yeah. Chief um, Alfred and the rest of the folks? So the all someone was, was looking out for for the for this fight because uh, all of the leases for the fish farms 
because they're on a, a rental basis, essentially, with the Premier and BC. Um, they're all going out on June 20th, every single one, and they will wow. have to be released um, and signed off by the Premier of BC. And so it'll go into John Horgan's office. He's the current Premier of British Columbia, and he'll either sign, you have permission to stay in our waters, or um, you don't have permission to stay in our waters and you have to leave. Uh, John Horgan has made multiple promises to the First Nations up there to protect and assert their rights and got their vote for that. And so it would be a disgrace, but also it would be distrusting of his relationship to the First Nations to assert these, this lease and to allow the fish farms to stay in BC waters. Um, hopefully they will follow suit with Washington State who, um, who did this this year and protected the waters and got the fish farms that were in our waters out. Is that what they're asking for our support? Absolutely. Are they? Yeah, they'd like uh, people to, um, all of us to be messaging John Horgan, um, sending him letters and calling his office and getting, uh, getting as many voices to state that they mm -hmm. recognize that Washington State and uh, the Pacific Northwest and BC waters are interconnected um, and that a fish farm in BC is damaging waters and fishing rights in Washington State because the Salish Sea is, is a, um, not completely closed to the ocean, but very much the currents mm -hmm. are, will spread any, any pathogens and viruses and disease from these Atlantic salmon in BC all the way down to Olympia. Yeah, don't you remember, I think it was at the Pacific Salmon Commission offices, they were talking about the Chinook Treaty. 75% mm -hmm. of the Chinook from our waters are caught in Canada in those waters. So, yeah, they travel. Mm -hmm. These fish don't recognize borders. Right. <laughs> so how does this set us up for the summer, the work that you did there? And what are those people or in places that we need to mm -hmm. stay connected to? So the, the waters that I were in, I was in uh, it's the, um, the Brighton Archipelago area, which is the northern tip of Vancouver Island, and that's where the sockeye salmon decide whether to go north, northwest around the Vancouver Island that would dip into the Strait uh, Georgia, mm -hmm. um, all the way through and go into Washington waters, or go uh, s southeast um, through between Vancouver Island and, and the mainland <clears throat> of British Columbia and straight into the Fraser. So that'll be a really distinct point in the travels of these sockeye as they come back into the Fraser. Um, they'll decide, I mean, I know in 2014, they had a big diversion rate. They had what, 98% or something. 99%. 99% went Southeast and mm. never entered US mm. waters mm. for more than what? It was like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and so we're hoping for a 50-50 for a split so that Washington um, and the, the um, tribes in America can, 
can pick from those waters. Yeah, I think it was normally 60-40. 60-40. Yeah, 40 comes our way and 60 comes the mm. other way. Yeah. So that'll be a really pivotal point. Um, and that's where the test fishery is. It is. Yeah. It is. And hopefully we can see this year, we can document uh, what these waters look like on a dominant run with these fish farms just about to go out and leave the waters mm -hmm. and then we can see four years down the road what the f how many salmon actually make it when the waters are far cleaner mm -hmm. um, they've seen one season where the fish farm wasn't operating during a time where the the sockeye was coming through um, and that was a it was a large run for them and so there isn't any scientific proof that it was the fish farm that did it but they see that as a as a sign that these fish farms and these salmon know that these waters are dangerous for them and um, that they're not clean. They're not clean enough for the salmon to be able to travel and feel comfortable in their own waters. Um, and that the population has dwindled and lowered because these fish farms are occupying major areas where these sockeye have to travel through. Um, to get back home. So what do the salmon mean to Chief Alfred and his people? Do they speak to that quite often? There's a lot. I would want him to, um, to speak for himself on that. I am a little too young to, to know what it, what it used to look like, but we were, you know, we were, we were always told that the, the rivers were so abundant that, um, well, especially especially our grandparents who used to talk about how, how full the river would be that you could almost walk across the river. There were so many of them and the runs were so plentiful that our people, you really only needed to take what you needed and, and let the rest go. And uh, that's, always been, that's always been, I think the people's philosophy here is not, never to really overtake anything uh, and um, or be wasteful, like every part of every part of the fish, every part of whatever we was taken from nature uh, was used, and there was a use for everything. And whatever um, another custom is to make sure that um, a, the bones and the what what you don't use is returned to the sea. Now those are really simple teachings that our people have still have hung on to somewhat. Um, we've picked up some pretty bad habits though um, in the last few decades where you see waste happen and that wasn't always the case. I was up there for for four days before they sent this response letter back mm -hmm. to the um, to the marine harvest to marine harvest and because of that I developed this relationship with with Ernest and um, I was also representing Daryl Hilaire who we respects and trusts greatly. And so Ernest gave me the permission to be up close and personal during the response. I was on the boat with Ernest and then with, uh, I believe, five other hereditary chiefs when they gave that letter. Um, I was on the bow with my camera and my audio. And so I had an opportunity to be a witness to this event and hopefully film so that everyone else that sees our footage can be a witness to this event 
up close and see his, his emotion um, and their emotion. It was extremely touching. Um, I was very moved and completely honored to be on this boat um, and have the permission to be the, the only non-native on this boat and the only uh, non-hereditary chief. This was, it was a huge, huge deal. Um, and I was just absolutely floored that, that they gave me this and tr entrusted this uh, up close and personal look on, uh, on this historical event. Beautiful. Awesome. Any questions, you guys? No. I have a question. Yeah. Where do you think this is headed? What happens next? On June 2nd in Victoria, there's a big uh, protest, an action, a march, um, to state that we do not want fish farms in our waters and to respond directly to John Horgan that um, the people of Vancouver and Victoria and Washington and the surrounding neighboring communities do not want fish farms in these waters and recognize that um, we are far better off with good, um, a good economy for the fishermen and for the tourist guides. Um, there's a huge economy in this area for whale watching and uh, bear watching and um, all of these Tourism industries will fall apart if we don't have salmon because we won't have whales and we won't have bears and um, the economy is, is, isn't worth having this Norwegian company in, in the waters where wild salmon are traveling through and, and wild orcas and wild humpbacks. It's a, it's a real travesty to have them in there and so on June 2nd we'll have a They'll have a protest and we'll be there filming and documenting the event and following up with Ernest. And then on June 20th, that eviction notice, um, not the eviction notice, well, permit. hopefully the eviction notice for Marine Harvest will yeah, be The permit renewals signed. will be out. Permit renewals will be out and um, hopefully John Horgan will give Marine Harvest their eviction notice mm -hmm. on that day. Is, it, is there any point when they're going to do an actual occupation of the buildings again, or are they out of there? Can they get back? Um, I think if... Uh, it, it sort of depends. I think um, if this eviction notice of the buildings that, are, that Marine Harvest had built and then yeah. stopped occupying, that's where they're staying right now, where they got the eviction there. Um, if they get evicted off of that land, they're only moving five feet to the left. That Marine Harvest is trying to get them to leave and using this as a tactic to get them to leave. They've told Marine Harvest and they told me they have no plans of leaving until these fish farms are out. And even then they will continue to use this site as a historical and cultural heritage site. Um, and they're looking into the paperwork in order to um, delegate this space that is technically parks right now um, as a cultural heritage site for the Namkleese and Mongolala tribe. So, big stuff coming ahead. And, Good. Yeah. Good. And we'll be there. We'll be there. Okay. OCM uh, Children of the Setting Sun Productions Friends and Relatives Podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us today.
Ich gehe. 